from New York City. A podcast from working actors, directors, and playwrights. This is the Cry Havoc Company. Hello, and welcome to the Cry Havoc Podcast. Today around the table we have... Jennifer Kerfman, I'm an actor. Jersey Gwizdowski, I'm an actor. Carrie Flanagan, I'm an actor. I'm Jennifer Reichert, and I'm a writer. I'm Jenny Curlin, I'm an actor. And I'm Kit Lavoy, I'm a director and a writer. Today we're talking about the specializations that we have chosen in the theater. But really more to the point, we're talking about the times that we work outside of our specializations and the values of that. The theater is a collaborative art. It's something that really depends on the work of of people in a lot of different areas. There are uh, directors, and there are actors, and there are writers, and there are stage managers, and there are producers, and there are designers, and there are technicians, and the list goes on and on and on of the group of people that come together to make a piece of theater work. And ultimately, most people gravitate towards something that is the primary thing they do, or perhaps two things that are the primary things that they do. But one of the things that is a, something that's important to us at Cry Havoc is that we provide the opportunity for people to work outside of their specialization. And so we're going to talk today about the value of doing that uh, first, and also the value of having a specialization in the first place. So to start us off, guys, you did introduce yourself by your specialization uh, at the beginning, but uh, tell us again what it is, but also what other areas you've worked in. Well, my background is as an actor, and I work primarily as an actor, although um, I have written several plays and uh, consider myself to some extent a playwright as well. Uh, And I've also worked, um, as I think we are wont to do early in our theater life, in many different jobs from dialect coach to combat uh, choreographer to stage manager to director to coffee getter guy. I actually totally forgot that I used to do costume design in college and props. Oh, but my specialty (laughs) is acting. But um, I actually started uh, primarily as a stage manager and have also associate directed some things, and I've also started writing, so I I now consider myself a kind of writer. (laughs) I am primarily an actor, but I have in the past stage managed and have also been an assistant music director Hmm. on productions. I uh, started out as an actor, as I suspect actually most people who are in the theater did, and uh, but I I, I primarily am a, a playwright and director now. I I actually stumbled across in my files the other day a copy of my resume from right after I got out of college, and it it was, you know, Kit Lavoy, writer, director, actor, producer, stage manager, designer, because I, you know, thought at the time I might be able to do any or all of those things. But um, I have done those things more often now. I have been trying to act a bit more lately, and I design uh, productions of mine from time to time, usually when resources are an issue and there isn't someone else to do it. But I, uh, that is working across disciplines for me, even though I, I do it relatively regularly. I also started out as an actor. And then, like Jersey said, early on, I did a lot of different things. I did costume design, and I did stage managing, and I did property design, and I did uh, producing. I did a lot of producing. Uh, so 
you know, sometimes when there was a, a vacancy as the producer, I would kind of also step into that role. And then I started writing and gradually shifted over so that primarily I think of myself as a writer now, although recently I've done uh, a little bit of acting lately. I am primarily an actor as well, and I have also done stage management and producing. I've worked as a fight captain, I've worked as a dance captain, and I have a little bit of experience as a director, more so on the assistant or associate director side. I think, as several of us alluded to, I think a lot of the reasons that people work across disciplines, especially earlier in their career, is because somebody needs to do it and you're not in a in an environment that is necessarily able to you know to to get people who really are every specialization and therefore somebody you know picks up a tool and uses it because it's not going to happen otherwise but outside of of the you know basic pragmatic reasons to work across disciplines which again are very real sometimes what is the value of working in an area if you're an actor of directing if you're a director of writing etc 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 well i think i think it's something that everyone should do because all of the all of the elements are necessary to for theater and if if you don't understand what somebody else's job is, if you don't understand what work it takes to do what they do, then when you are trying to work something out together, you don't know how to have that conversation or make demands uh, based on what you need. Um, it, you know, If you don't wanna be an unreasonable person <laughs> and, and you wanna have a good product, you have to understand what's possible. And so I think you know, the, only, the only way to really learn what's possible is by either, I would think, really intense observation or doing it yourself when you've come across the challenges yourself. That's something I, I remember attending a master class that Steven Spielberg was doing, but that was something that he talked about. He said that they say technically a director doesn't have to understand the camera and lenses and things like that. But he said, but really, if you want to be good, you do want to understand all of that so that you're not at the mercy of people. So you have some basic understanding of, again, what is possible if the cinematographer says, we can't get that shot to be able to know if they can. And I certainly have been in situations where I am not a lighting designer, but I have designed enough lighting projects that when I've asked for something and the designer has said that can't be done, that you look up at the grid and sometimes you say, well, what if we lose this effect in the scene before and reutilize that light? Or you look up and you say, you know what, he's absolutely right. There's nothing we can do about it and it's time to move on. Um, I mean, it's, it's very helpful in, in that regard. I think what I learned, I think it is important for everyone to do because I think that um, the more you cross over into other jobs, you see what a fine-tuned machine the whole thing is. And uh, you're more effective at playing your part of the machinery if you understand how the other parts work. Well, Carrie, I like the way you phrase that because um, it speaks to something that I feel is really important, which is you learn the shape of your part in the machine, your piece. Mm. Um, that you know you're there to collaborate with others and you know what is expected of you and what you can bring to the table that's going to be useful for somebody, for a director. I know if I bring in the types of choices that a director will, you know, that will be useful for a director. I know as a, um, as a writer that um, I can put things, you know, in the text that will, you know, be helpful for an actor to hang their hat on and, and to explore and dig, that I want to find those places where the, the gears match up and to make a machine go. And it just honestly gives you a, a general respect for every other position that, that you come across. And, and that's just good to have. And it's also, you know, 
you know, speaking about like the shape of your part, like you might understand suddenly where you've been overstepping your boundary in your mm -hmm. role. Like if you've been assuming a responsibility that isn't yours, that belongs to somebody else, you might have been upsetting things that you didn't realize. And then you could, you know, provide what is required of you and also bring the extra things that other people can use as part of their toolkit. Yeah, and, and, and additionally, you can also identify the places where you've been understepping. Um, you know, the places where you could be more helpful to somebody than, than you could be. We, we actually were, were talking with someone recently who was, a, was a, a very, very, very early career director who was an actor who had literally just directed their first show. But we were talking about it and they said, what surprised you the most about it? And her answer was that how many people showed up to the first day of rehearsal and were afraid to make a choice and how hard that made her job. And that she had sort of resolved the next time I'm in a play, I'm going to come in and make strong choices. That I realized a director would rather have a strong choice to work with than to spend the time coaxing something out of them. And it's interesting that she clearly learned something about herself as an actor. Um, and again, the way that she can help a director by directing. And, and it's something that, I, I mean, I have, have often said, I think I have learned the most about directing during the times I've been acting and writing and the most about acting during the times I've been directing and writing and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's something about sort of having, stepping back and looking at the job that makes you understand it in a different way than you ever can from inside. I have found in a lot of productions and I th that it's been very, I I've ended up being of great use to the production because I'm one of the few people in that specific production that did cross, do cross discipline. So I had a language, like I had a language in common with the stage manager. So I basically became a translator to the actors. If, if something they didn't understand, I can understand from the stage management point of view so I could translate to the actors and vice versa. Sure. So that it, it, it helps to gain as many languages as you can. I feel like you get a terrific opportunity to trust the people that you're working with and trust your collaborators by understanding the role that everybody is filling. Mm -hmm. You trust the role of the director and therefore you can trust the director. Right. And I have actually found that sometimes it helps me the other way is it helps me to trust myself in my primary role because I try to act in something every year. Some years I'm successful, some years I'm not. But the reason for that is so that I remember I like being directed. You know, so any sort of guilt about getting into somebody's process, if I realize, you know what, I'm here and I wish somebody would jump in here with me, it makes me feel better about the time that I jump in with actors, you know. Mm -hmm. Are there ways that you guys have found that by working across disciplines has actually affected the way that you do the thing that, that you primarily do? Well, one of the basic things I learned is when I was working as a stage manager, you know, I'd done it a few times before, but then for the first time I did it for a really large production that was like, you know, it was in New York. And in this particular production, I felt the responsibilities more because it was a large cast and there was a lot of working parts that I hadn't had in other productions that I'd been a stage manager on. And it just made me realize the value of general, you know, rehearsal etiquette from the from the from the point of view of somebody who's sort of the wrangler that when you're on the other side mm -hmm. the one being wrangled there's extra that you can do that's not required of you that just makes life easier and if you have a way to make other people's life easier then go even if it seems over the top you know like the thank you five or whatever it is that when the stage manager comes around and gives you your time call like it's 
it's just nice to know you're being heard and then I could move on to the next thing. And it just, it's like that, that check-in, it's just a little thing, but it's just, it makes it, so when I'm on the other side, it makes me more apt to be extra, mm -hmm. extra helpful. Yeah, everyone should stage manage something at some oh, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, oh, oh, oh. It's such a, I mean, it, it's just so much more work than I think anybody realizes it is. And you will be so much better to your stage manager if you know that, which in return, they will be better to you. Definitely. Well, it's actually interesting because theater works, their tours, they have the actors in the tours also assist in stage manage. So that's something that they've built in that they realize is important. Uh, I found what I learned about my own discipline from going across the lines was the amount of thought the other disciplines put into my discipline, where writers or the, the, the work they do in order to get this story told. The stage managers thinking about being on top of a clock, making sure you get your break, being on, like, the amount of thought they have on the actors and, their, and the other disciplines taught me as an actor what, like what you were saying, what we can do to, to pay back, to, to put as much thought, and that, that makes just a smoother ride for everyone as far as, you know, to the state, like, things like that. Being back, being ready to go at call time, not just coming back from break. Mm -hmm. Being where they can find you, mm -hmm. you know. It goes back to something I said earlier about the respect for the field. Like, I know, for example, I stage managed a lot um, and have stage managed a lot. And I remember working on a show where uh, there was someone who wanted to be a stage manager and who I was blown away by. Just the things that she was doing, the line notes, stuff that I hadn't done when I did the stage manager thing. Like it, it just gave me such a respect for someone who does do that as a special, specialization and they're better at it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. than I was. You know what I mean? Another reason why I think it's a good idea to, for everybody to stage manage is because there's, there's a certain wall that's built around the actors that to keep them from knowing about problems that are going on in the productions, because you don't want to affect their performance. There's this idea, and it may be true, maybe not, that actors are sort of delicate and that you can't throw off how the, like if you ruin their rehearsal, it's, you know, you're throwing everything out the window. And so that they, if there's a problem with the production, if there's a problem with the technical element, there's a, this tendency to, you know, oh, don't, don't let the actors know that this is going on, that there's, you know, personnel issues or whatever, just like that. And I think actors who are never on that other side of that wall don't realize what you were saying, like the, the, the work that goes into it. And if you, if you can just step across for even, you know, one show or something, just, Try and see if you can be on the other side of that wall so that you can appreciate more what's going on for you when you're acting. And, and that's something I've actually seen a lot uh, I, in terms of, and this happens a lot, actors who produce work. Um, because I have actually directed a number of productions that was the first production of a, an actor or, or actors. And it is... It is amazing how often you, they really don't know what actually goes into making a show. And I have a feeling they behave very differently and work very differently with their producers the next time around. But actually, as a result, this is a side note, but I would say, you know, I think it's great when actors create their own work, but if you're going to produce it, do some, do some real talking to producers who've been there before. Um, because that's something that I, I know because I have produced things before. That's sort of one of the sort of 
discipline crossing things I've done, but I know there have been a number of, of times when I've been directing something and thank God I'd produced things before because I think there were things that I was able to catch that it would have been deeply unfortunate if no one had remembered to order the lumber to build the set. And actually, um, I've kind of found in, in some of the shows that I've worked on where the producers have also been the actors in the show, that it's generally a good idea to have someone like a side producer or a, you know, associate producer or someone who can really step in for you when it's time for you to really do your job as an actor right up close to the show. So you don't have to worry about, you know, the lumber fell over in the back or something is happening. You can just go on as an actor and not have to worry about 20 things at once. Which is really what a producer's job is. Yeah, yeah. But again, it's just, it is so useful to have had some experience there so you realize how many things are being juggled. It's, that's incredibly true. And as an actor who tried and I think successfully produced uh, my own work in the city, you really aren't an expert at a lot of things, especially your first time out. And you do have a responsibility to surround yourselves with people who have that experience. Mm -hmm. And when the time comes to defer to them and listen to them so that you can get better at learning the multiple languages of different theater disciplines and be a little bit wiser and more knowledgeable the next time out. I think related to that to some degree, one of the things that I, I really think working across disciplines helps to create is a real sense of what boundaries are, you know, where your job begins, where other people's end, and the value of having people who do specialize, who have really spent their training and their focus on learning how to tell stories from a particular angle, whether it's as an actor or a director or a writer or a designer. And that idea that to understand what hat you have on at any given time. Uh, I mean, I know that that's something that has been incredibly useful to me, who actually sometimes plays more than one role in a show. I'll sometimes direct something that I've written, and that idea of being very aware of where one job ends and the other one begins, and being careful not to try to do one job while I'm doing the other. And, and I think also it helps in terms of, I mean, so, so, several people mentioned before about learning the vocabulary of other areas, but also to have the respect for other areas, to let them have their vocabulary when it's, when it's their time. It's helpful to be able to talk to a lighting designer when they want to talk about it, about the angle of the light and the focus length and all of that kind of stuff. But really what a lighting designer wants to hear from a director, for instance, is how the show should feel and that they want the audience to feel and the mood that they want and where they want the focus and then let them do their job. Because uh, I, I think that's something that can be very frustrating and you only learn it by being on the other side of it is, you know, when somebody, you know, when a director's talking to a lighting designer and telling them where to put the lights, you know, there's a reason you have the designer there and, and that idea of being on the other side of things gives you the room to let other people have their creativity, which is what you have them there for. And I think the, the more advanced your career gets, the more often you will have people who are trained in their, their specialization, people who have spent their focus and time in, in one particular area of theater. And I think that gives this freedom for everyone to play their part and to be that finely tuned machine. And, you know, a, a work of theater needs all of those elements at top of their game to be good. And I think once you have that appreciation of what each part does, then then you can start, you know, working in tandem to to create 
you know, something with a shared vision. Something you said earlier, Jen, about the way that actors can be kind of isolated or protected from the whole process, I think can be, at the outset, can be something that's somewhat detrimental to being a part of that whole. Mm -hmm. Without stepping outside of being just an actor, it's hard to understand that you are one piece of a whole, mm -hmm. that there is a whole vision. And because of the nature of being an actor and being the person who does have to stand up on stage and do the show day after day, it feels a little bit like it's all your job. But it really is, it, you, mm -hmm. it is a piece of that larger vision that you're talking about. And the same way that the designers have you know, a part in it and the production staff has a, their own kind of a role. And I feel like stepping outside and learning what it is, as an example, to direct and to see the whole arc of that vision is to recognize that you're not so isolated as an actor. You really are filling a role that has to be filled as a part of a whole. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think that that's something that's true. And, and it's interesting the way that it kind of cuts both ways. That on one hand, in isolation, as an actor, where you haven't experienced the others, that on one hand, you don't realize how much else is going on. And at the same time, you feel like the entire thing is on your shoulders. And I think one of the important things that, you know, can really help to be learned by being on the other side of things, as an actor specifically, is that idea that people want you to come and be an actor. You know, and, and to do your job and to advocate for your character, and that's your role in the room. And I, I mean, I remember being a young actor and thinking I was just the, you know, must be a director's dream because I would know this person's supposed to enter over here soon, so I'd move so I'm not in the way. And whereas now, as a director, it's like, no, I want to see what happens when you're in the way, when, you, when they walk in the room. Uh, you know, and so I think that there's something that, yeah, is that idea that, that it's not all on you. You're there to be your character. And that the play comes from all of these people strongly advocating, different actors strongly advocating for their characters, the director advocating for the world of the play, the designers advocating for the look of the play, that it's sort of the way that all of those things come together. And frankly, the negotiation of how those things come together that makes for a really compelling uh, piece of theater, ultimately. I agree. And I think this is all really true and would seem to be really true in non-artistic disciplines as well, outside of theater, outside of film, um, that if I work in a marketing firm, there are the people in HR, and, and I, you know, the, everybody works together to make the thing go. Or that if I'm on a football team and I'm the coverage guy on special teams, I do my special job, um, which is very specific, uh, but I know it's toward the part of a greater goal. So there's some extent to which the interdisciplinary and working as a piece of the machine applies universally, you know, to walk a mile in someone else's shoes. But there is some extent to which the theater is uniquely uh, a business and a discipline of empathy. And I think that's where there are some aspects of interdisciplinary work that are really unique to what we do. Mm -hmm. That not only is it worthwhile understanding the job that the other person does, but uh, as a writer, the, the relationship between a writer and an actor is particularly empathetic one. Uh, the director and the actor, the director and the writer, those that are uh, involved in creating the work that happens on stage. And, and to, even to that end, the designers, the, everybody who's involved in putting, putting it together, but the degree to which the empathy 
is revealed on stage and in the moment and in the text and in the work of the actor and the designers um, is I think it's it's revealed to a greater extent in uh, in theater. And I think the most successful theater comes from like those successful relationships of empathy and I think there is this myth of ego being something that is uh, important to being an artist in theater and it is an absolute myth that being full of yourself and sh totally sure without consideration for others is what makes good work and it, it's just completely the opposite if you run roughshod over people to you know build your dream of what the story is it'll be completely obvious that that's what happened yeah and I, and I think though that there's something to all of that that sort of underlies actually why sometimes it gets complicated unless you have that empathy and that understanding of what everyone's job is is because ultimately sometimes it's very difficult in the final product especially to an audience to be able to discern who did what in the production of a play. And so, you know, there is something where for a playwright to give themselves over to what they view as a bad choice that the director is making, and yet a choice that is the director's to make, you know, it's, it, 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 that's why it becomes complicated sometimes, because the playwright, you, you never know whether the review or the audience is going to blame the writing in a moment that you as the writer might think would have worked if it had been directed differently. And you know, and it works the other way too. I mean, I know there are many shows where sort of my proudest moment in it is a, an actor moment, you know, that, that I, you know, feel really good about the work that the actor and I did together to get to that place that, you know, to an audience point of view, they wouldn't necessarily know that the director had anything to do with it. Um, and, and I also think there's a degree to which it's interesting that because theater is such a collaborative art, that most arts and artists, it's a relatively solitary activity. It's that idea of you go off with your canvas, you go off with your pen and paper, you go off and you make something that is entirely traceable to you and that's supposed to be a reflection of you. And yet in the theater, it's that idea that you're coming in to do your work and your art that is going to contribute to a larger work of art. And the specific work you're doing isn't necessarily going to be able to be, you know, separated out from, from the rest of it. And uh, it, 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 it does make that all the more important in terms of the process to really understand this is what I'm here to do. This is what this other person is here to do. This is the way where if I do what I'm doing this way, it impinges on their ability to do what they're there to do. Um, and, you know, it's really only by being in their shoes a little bit that you, you understand that. It really is an opportunity, um, look, working in different disciplines, to test or to learn the limits of your uh, discipline of focus in both a positive and a negative way that I, I can uh, recognize where the actor's job ends and I can also recognize the extent to which the actor can help the, the uh, production. What about the ways in which working across discipline helps you get better at the thing that you primarily do? Uh, how have you guys found that to be the case? Well since I started out as an actor and then moved into playwriting, I think my experience as an actor was hugely informative of the way I began to write, which is basically I would kind of act through one character and then 
act through another character and write down what they said to each other, you know, having trying to have the objectives and motivations of an actor one at a time for each of the characters. And, you know, as I've evolved as a writer, I've learned to put greater, you know, arcs through that. But from the beginning, I always had in mind, what is the actor going to do in this moment? What can the actor do in this moment? Not necessarily what they're going to do, but what could they do? So that I, I would have the backstory in place that if somebody was acting in that role, that they could have a reason for doing um, the actions that they had, whether or not eventually the actor chose to use that particular method. At least there was one available. I knew I had thought it through if I was acting this role that I could play this part. And then, you know, doing it for all the different characters. And I, and I think coming from acting to writing, I was really writing as an actor for most of the beginning of, and I still, obviously I still keep that in mind. You can't unlearn that, but um, that other things have come on top of it now. That's interesting because as a writer, I mean, I actually find very much the same thing as, you know, I, I, I think, uh, you know, my training as an actor comes very much into play. I mean, in, in terms of kind of getting in behind the character's point of view and, you know, really feeling my way through what their experience of the scene would be. But I actually find on the flip side, something I've actually had to learn to do when I'm writing is to turn off my director. That I, I think that there was a, a, a really long time where I was very focused on and I thought it was good practice you know but that if I if I'm writing this I need to know how I could do it on stage but you know I, I think it limited me to a degree as a playwright uh, in terms of writing the thing that could be done instead of the thing that I wanted to do but I also realized in retrospect it was limiting the creativity of the director because you know very often you know one of the things that's most exciting to me as a director is encountering encountering something in a script I'm like how are we going to do this and you know that sort of the creative solution to it very often ends up being my favorite thing in the play you know and I've actually found even in, when I've when I've directed plays that I've written more recently some of my favorite things and it have been the moments where I wrote it down and thought, how the hell are they going to do that? Well, it's not my problem. I don't know that I'm going to be directing it. You know, but I, I, that, that is, I just find it interesting that I, I, I do find my, my acting background helpful as a writer, but my directing sometimes is a little bit uh, in the way e. I think I, I have the same, I had the same exact thing when I started as a writer because I, I was a producer. So I would only write... At, you know, like I wouldn't allow anything to happen that I didn't think that I could do myself if I was producing it in a small theater somewhere, you know, like I would not have like too many characters in the play because you'd have to have a cast of eight, you know, 80 or, you know, you can't have a cast of 80, but you know, you still can't have a cast of 80, but I wouldn't write a cast of eight. I would write a cast of three, you know, that kind of things where I'm thinking ahead down to you know, what, what was possible in, and I limited some ways uh, my, my storytelling, and I think I've loosened up on that. That said, that can be useful sometimes, depending on what you're doing. I mean, it is something that I encourage playwrights to do, especially early in their career, is, you know, to have plays in different categories, you know, because there's a lot of opportunities to have one-act plays produced around the city and things like that. So, you know, to have plays that you know are the ones that you're just going to let people do 
and also know the one or two or three plays that you're going to hold in reserve that you're going to hold until there's some someplace really especially worthwhile or career advancing that you could place it at but the regard but but to that regard if you're going to be doing a you know a one act play that your idea is I will be glad to let anyone with a church basement do this play just to get my work out there it is helpful to have produced low budget shows and things like that and have an understanding of what it, what things in this are going to prevent people from producing it in a black box setting or something or a festival like that. setting. Yeah. And that those considerations that Jen was that Jen mentioned are are just that that they become considerations and they don't become hard and fast rules right. when working on a on a given script, which I think is a an important thing to uh, to keep in mind. One other place where I know I've used my background as an actor, which again, I, I don't consider myself to be an actor at this point, but it really does come into my work as a director in a really significant way. I mean, in terms of really being able to talk to actors in ways that will be useful to them. You know, it's, it's, it's unbelievably useful. I don't know how people direct who have never acted before. I don't know how they do it, and a lot of people do. Um, but it, it's just so useful uh, to be able to help to kind of connect up the thoughts and ideas that need to be connected up for an actor. And at the same time, I actually do find when I do act, I find my directing background really useful in terms of the questions that I've seen are always helpful to ask people. I always make sure to ask myself, even when I'm working on something that's either working on something that's scene study where I'm just working with another actor and there isn't a director there, or I'm working with a director who doesn't ask that question. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's helpful to really kind of put together a package of what are things that are always helpful to do as an actor. My introduction to theater was, was literary to a great extent. And when I um, decided, after having gone through um, some of my training uh, earlier in my career to undertake playwriting, um, I really looked at playwriting as a, a, a literary enterprise. And I'm really creating this, this work of literature that is to be read in a classroom the same way I first encountered many plays, which of course isn't, isn't the case. And um, what I like to think of it as now is really building a, an obstacle course or a playroom for actors and directors. You know, that there's stuff there that any one creative team will find incredibly useful and interesting and will play with this particular toy and find every way to use it and maybe be less interested in other aspects of the script. Um, and it's also the way that I look at work as an actor as well, that I can identify certain little hooks that may or may not be in the, that are in the script that I'll identify as something that is of particular interest to me that I can explore and investigate while I'm working on play as an actor, whether it's my own or Kit's or someone else's. Mm -hmm. And I think something that, that I've learned as a playwright from working in other disciplines is just that idea that the playwright 
is, as we've discussed on other episodes, it should always be the arbiter of what the play is about and what the play is going for, but is not the arbiter of whether it is working or not. Um, you know, I have sat with too many playwrights who I really respect and know are smart and look in their eye as they tell me that they are sure that what they have written in this beat makes sense. And yet I know that no one else can understand what they've written. And, and I think that really has helped me to let other people into my work as a writer. You know, things that even no matter how important to me, if people are telling me it's not clear, it's, it, it's not my job to convince them it is. It's my job to rewrite it in a way that they find it clear. Do you know what's interesting? I just realized I just had a discovery right here in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but literally, my my work as a stage manager, as an associate director, is what gave me, uh, you know, my training at what I now currently do. Because I was constant, and it's why I can still like to do it, and I still like to be in the rehearsal room, is because I, I learn a lot from observing really good actors' work, and from you know, watching a director work with actors. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially how I got my training as an actor, is through, you know, my specialization at the time of stage managing and associate directing. What? Well, I, I think that that's, that's absolutely true. Is again, it has to do to a degree with the distance of that idea of being able to step back. And, you know, if you do the work, you know, as like we all do as members of the company, like breaking down other playwrights' plays and really talking about what makes the play work and how does it turn, that then when you're looking at a piece of your own writing, for instance, and you're asking yourself those same questions, um, you know, it, it helps to give you some, some distance and some objectivity on your own work or at least on the process of looking at your own work. And that's not just as a playwright, but also as a director or as, a, as, a, as, a, as an actor, as you were saying, Jenny, about being on the outside, watching the way that people stumble, um, watching the way that they pick themselves up. Um, and this is not quite a discipline of theater, but I also certainly think teaching can be incredibly important. I mean, I, I know, you know, the first play that I directed out of college, I mean, out of grad school, was uh, at a college with, uh, with a group of non-theater majors. And that idea of really having to articulate to them, you know, the, what the process of acting is, <laughs> the amount that I learned from the act the, of having to articulate that, the things that I had taken for granted but had become so much more accessible, that was incredibly useful. And I find that's the fastest way to realize what you aren't clear on and need to kind of go back and go over for yourself if, if you can't articulate it. And I, d I don't think that citing teaching as another discipline of the theater is, is terribly off topic at all because it seems to some extent what we're discussing today around the table is being a student of other disciplines, whether or not they're your discipline or field of focus that um, it's about self-education, and so being an educator is, is the other side of that equation. I would say that probably the single most important thing that I have learned about the theater, and it's a, a philosophical thing we've talked before about fairly often, but I really did learn from working across disciplines. And that really is the idea that each of the artists involved in a project are there to bring their own point of view, to come to it, 
to their, with their own understanding of the piece and to find the way that they work together. And again, I, it's a story I've told before and I won't tell again except to allude to it, but, but, but an experience I had where I was acting in a play that I wrote and I knew as the writer what the writer was going for, what the actor quote-unquote was supposed to do, but I couldn't find my way to it you know, or at least to really believing in that thing that I knew the play was supposed to be about. And so I found something very, very, very different to work with that I really could activate. But what I found as a writer was people's response to the play was exactly what I wanted them to do, what I wanted it to be. Because, you know, what the actor was doing was doing truthfully what was written, even if it was for a very different reason. And, and that's just something that I learned by working, you know, I, that was after the point that I was really an actor as a, as a general rule. It was sort of one of my little dipping my toes back in the acting game. But that is really also, I mean, that's when I was acting and writing, but I'll say the thing that changed most is the way that I direct in terms of that idea that, that I, I don't feel an awful lot of responsibility as a director to bring the actors to the vision of the play that the playwright had, but to really, you know, activate them through what the playwright wrote inspires in them as individuals and what it mo and how it moves them. But again, that sort of absolutely central tenet to my approach from directing came from crossing disciplines in something that I wrote and then acted in, and then learned about my directing from. I think, to some degree, my work as an actor has not changed enormously from my experience associate directing, mostly because I approached directing from the frame of reference of being an actor. But the one thing that I think has changed, it, it has changed for me the experience of being in the rehearsal process hmm. and bringing that point of view that you, that you mentioned to the table has always felt like my job as an actor. But advocating that point of view for that point of view is has has grown for me. I am more of an advocate for my character in a rehearsal room now than I ever was before because I now understand that it's not only my job to have that point of view, but it is my job to express that point of view. Do you guys have any thoughts about? I mean, we have been talking a great deal about the value of crossing disciplines, which is what we're talking about today. But do you have th any thoughts about the value of having a primary discipline from which you cross from time to time? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think that the, the more time you spend doing a thing, the better you get at it. And if you are investing your resources in multiple disciplines, you are not becoming expert in any one of them. And, and maybe ultimately you would be expert in all of them, but it would take you a lot longer than if you were just focusing on one thing. And a big part of your career development is getting to know other people in, in the theater and they want to know where you fit, they want to know how they can relate to you and if, if they don't know where to put you they're not going to think of you when they're looking for a director, when they're looking for a designer. If you, if you put yourself out there as one thing they know who to think of when they're looking for that thing and so in addition to the becoming expert it's also you will have to market yourself in a certain way and you kind of it's important to narrow it down even if you don't choose one you definitely have to narrow it down you can't be everything yeah and, and I think you know it, it does have a lot to do with the career element of it as, as you said that there's you have limited resources and not only and I think that's a very good point about letting people 
categorize you and understand the role that you could play in their life. But additionally, it gives you some target about the people who you need to get to know because it's a very different list of people to get to know if you want to be a set designer versus if you want to be a playwright. And, you know, frankly, there are not a lot of people who have a lot of use for people who can do a little bit of everything. There actually, that's not true. There are a lot of people who have use for that, but those are the people who have you know, the small theater that don't have a lot of resources. And if you want to build a career, you have to work at places that have resources enough to pay people to do the work, which means you're going to be being paid to do one thing at a time. It's actually really interesting because if someone does hand me a business card that says actor, director, designer, I find I don't take them as seriously. You know, I understand what you mean. You know, what we've been talking about today is largely the, the extent to which you understand the value of each part of the, the theatrical machine um, to some extent. And in the same way that we've been identifying, you know, we're talking about identifying how my piece of the machine, I think as Carrie said earlier, fits into the whole thing. It's also um, important to realize, like, what about a given job activates you as, you know, as an artist, as somebody who is interested in working in the theater, as a professional, what, where your skill set lies and where your interest lies. So in the same way that as an actor you want to find, out what activate, find what activates you about a play, you want to find what activates you about being an actor, about being a writer. For me, I'm activated and interested by different things, some of which overlap by acting and writing, uh, some of which aren't totally satisfied by working as an actor, and some of which aren't totally satisfied by working as a writer, although I'm constantly surprised the extent to which there's more overlap than I initially thought. Um, but there are those things that will sort of always be in the realm, um, and nearly the exclusive realm, of the actor in a process, and that will always be the exclusive realm of the writer in a process. So there is value, I think, to focusing on multiple disciplines, but realizing what they do for you, and also realizing if you want to be a hyphenate times six or seven or eight and list all these things on your resume, that you are investing a lot of time and resources into those things at the same time, that it'll be longer before you're proficient or have enough experience to work at the level at which you hope to work in any of those given fields. Similar but different to what you just said is the, um, when I look at the different disciplines, I sort of expected to have them activate parts of me personally that, you know, I thought that was part of the learning about them. You, you wanted to do them as well. And I realized that the more I learned about the, the, the rest of the disciplines, the more I realized that the one discipline for me is what, acting is what activates me the most and where my skill set is most useful. Yeah, and I think that that really gets into a stepping back a, a second. One of the values of working across disciplines, especially when you're earlier in your career, is to find out which ones are good for you. I mean, I the first plays that I wrote, you know, were ones that I wrote just because it's like, oh, there's a new play festival at my college. I should write something to try it out. And now it's evolved into something, you know, I, I didn't set out to be a playwright. I was an actor who decided to try his hand at writing a play, and it evolved into into something different. And there are other things I've tried my hands at that I 
you know, realized is either not something that I either especially enjoy or am especially good at. And so you decide to leave that up to people. But we actually did did earlier this week a uh, uh, like a career seminar for college kids. And one of the kids came up to me afterwards and, and was saying, you know, I don't know what to do. You know, I've got, I, I, I really like sound design, but also acting and I've directed and I'm thinking about writing a play and I just need to make a career. And I said, well, what year are you? He said, well, I'm going to be a sophomore. It's like, all right, well, you know what? These are the years be all of those things. You know, you've got, a, you know, a place where you've got space and you've got colleagues and you've got time and you probably don't have to have a job. Give all of that stuff a shot with the eye towards seeing which ones really activate you and which ones activate you less. And, and I will also say, I think an, another benefit of having a specialization and working across disciplines, both at the same time, is that you can be on the lookout for what you're trying to learn. You know, that, that, that especially once you've chosen something to work on, if you've chosen to be a director, when you're acting, you can be aware of what you're learning about directing while you're acting. Um, and I mean, I even know, like, I've got an acting project going on right now that I have just as an acting project in one of our programs at Cry Havoc. But um, it was something I very specifically chose because... I had directed actors in this role and I saw them struggle with the same things and I thought well let me get inside this role and so it's been an opportunity to act and explore all the things about acting but I was able to choose a project that also would teach me if I direct this play again or encounter actors who are having a similar struggle what is it like to be on the inside of that what could I do to help them out of it and I think whether or not you you find yourself landing on a singular or maybe a couple different disciplines, it's important to recognize which one you're working in at a given time. And I think the value of knowledge across different specializations is incredibly valuable, but you can really only do one of those jobs at a given time, especially in the framework of a production or development process. And if you are a hyphenate artist, to if you're involved as an actor who's also a playwright, in a rehearsal process to be the actor for that process and when you're involved as a playwright to be the playwright and, and, and not vice versa. I think that's a good place to wrap up. If you would like to let people know about the Cry Havoc podcast, please let them know that it's out there and also go to iTunes and give us stars and write a review. If you are listening to this but are not subscribed, please go to iTunes and subscribe there. If you'd like to learn more about the Cry Havoc company and the upcoming public events that we have, please go to www.cryhavoccompany.org. And if you have any thoughts, questions, or comments, please email us at podcasts at cryhavoccompany.org. So for myself, Jen, Jen, Jenny, Jersey, Kerry, and the rest of the Cry Havoc Company, uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon. You can learn more about the Cry Havoc Company at cryhavoccompany.org. Questions or comments can be sent to podcasts at cryhavoccompany.org. All music from this show came from the Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. Thanks for listening and please subscribe.